I personally just just want to vote. It, to me, it's simple. Um, it's simple among, I know a lot of this is difficult. There's a lot of history involved. However, to me, this was pretty simple. They, they took my vote and, and I submitted this challenge along with 32 other people because we were mo- removed from voting members. Welcome in, kiddos. It's another fantastic week. Your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week, with Josh Moon and David Person. <laughs> I like it. I like to change that every week. Uh, oh man, it's uh this is gonna be an easy show. We got uh, you, we got plenty to talk about. We got a good guest. Uh oh, we yeah. got uh uh April Hodges is gonna join us. So yeah. she was was formerly the head of the uh uh, Hispanic caucus for the Alabama uh, Alabama Democratic Party. Uh, uh-huh. That caucus has been disbanded. That's right. Um, so at least for now. At least for yeah, now. Yeah. There, there are lawsuits and other things. So we're going to talk to her about that and what it meant, and you know what uh, some of the some of the allegations that have been floated around, and you know just where things stand. So that should be fun. But um, let's start with. Uh, our friend from North Alabama, David Cole. Hmm. Dr. David Cole uh, hmm. is uh, was a state representative. Uh, he still is right now. For uh, now. But um, as of Tuesday, was that it was Tuesday, right? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. As of Tuesday, he is yeah. a, he has been arrested. Uh, he is uh, and he has been arrested on a felony charge of voting uh, in the wrong Precinct, basically. Um, and uh, so I can give you a bit of background on this because uh, I've been involved with it since the beginning. Um, you have. And uh, much yes. credit to you on that. You, you've you done a lot of the dogged, uh, as we like to say, in what used to be the newspaper business. <laughs> you did right. a lot of the dogged uh, shoe leather reporting that got us uh, this information. Yeah. Uh, what used to be the newspaper business. Oh, rest in peace. Um, yeah, it's um, which, by the way, can I just say? I really, I hate to throw people under the bus, but at my old newspaper, the Montgomery Advertiser, I went there the other night to find election coverage during the mayoral race. They did not have live election coverage. Uh, nobody on Twitter or Facebook or anything. Man, it just oh, it broke my heart. From my heart, I was like, "What are y'all doing, guys?" Um, so, anyway, sorry, it's a quick side. Uh, yeah, yeah. Back, um, back in, I think it was early Octoberish. Mm-hmm. Um, I had received an email uh, from someone who I will not name, um, and although I will say this, this person is not a Democrat. All right, okay. uh, and so I had received an, an email from this person and said, "Had." You heard about this challenge that was filed against David Cole and during the primary by Anson Knowles. And I had no idea about any of this and who or who Anson Knowles was. And I said, no, I have no idea. What, what's the deal? And they briefly kind of laid out, listen, the guy lived in, in District 10. The line moved. He never moved. And then he's using some house over here that for all the world looks like it's owned by somebody else. And I think he's just faking it. And so, you know, as I wrote this week, uh, I, I get some of these things from time to time. 
And I I'll inevitably will, I, you know, I'll take a cursory look and then I'll, I'll just be done with it because it ends up being not worth the time I'm going to spend on it. Because there's usually a he said, he said sort of situation about where the person lives or how long they've lived there. Uh, and it ends up being this deal where there's a whole bunch of work put into it by me and there's no result at all. Because ultimately the parties have a lot of control over this stuff. And if there's even the slightest chance that the person was living where they were supposed to be during this time, then nobody's going to do anything about it. And mm-hmm. you're just wasting time. So I looked at it and thought, hmm, well, that looks kind of weird. <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it looked like David Cole still lived in the old house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was lying about it. So, you know, I, we live up here. I, li- I live in the Madison area. So I'm just, you know, honestly, a couple of miles away. And, and I drive right by the pl- his house uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, to, to uh, on, on certain days for certain events in my daughter's life. And so I took a swing by one time. And uh, the house that he was supposed to be living in, there was a guy out front cutting grass who was very clearly not David Cole. <laughs> uh, and I mean, and this might, you know, it was a yard man. Well, no, there was no, other, there were no cars or trucks or anything out front. And the guy no, was going in and out of the house. No you know? evidence of occupancy. Right. No, he was, he was, yeah. He, I mean, there was, this guy looked like he lived there. You know oh, what I mean? The guy that was oh, cutting the grass. Oh, yeah. oh, this is a, yeah. so there was occupancy, just yes. not by David Cole. Right. Okay. Right. And All so right. I, uh, so I said, well, that's, you know, there's strike one. Uh, and so then I rode by David Cole's house. And I rode by the house, made sure it was the right one on the right street and everything, went up, turned around. And as I circled around and started to come back, I stopped at a stop sign. And as I stopped there, David Cole comes walking down the sidewalk with the family dog. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, you know, man, uh, you got to do better than that. Uh, And so he's there and, uh, you know, in the house. And uh, and then, yeah, so I I said, listen, I'm going to do I'm going to take this one step further here and see what they say. All right. And so I sent a message to his campaign folks and said, here is what the allegations are. Here is what I have witnessed. What can you tell me? And they provided me with some of the most ridiculous nonsense that I have ever heard in my life. Mm. And to the point where I was just like, I've got to write about this just so I can put this ridiculous explanation out there in public. Um, You know, and at, at any point in this, Cole could have backed out and nobody would have pursued it. Nobody would have pursued it any further. All right. If he would have said at the point that I called... that's not good. I'm going to have to back out of this. Uh, I didn't know. I thought that this was all right. I'm sorry. Let me back out of this. No one would have pursued this. Okay. Uh, And, you know, here's the other thing. How long are you supposed to live in a district before you're eligible to vote there? Isn't it from the day you move in? Uh, I thought it was a year. I thought you had well, I mean, to have to, to be able to vote in that district. Oh, to vote. I'm sorry, to yeah. vote. I thought you were saying to run. Okay. No, to, to vote. vote. Uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think once you move in, you're. Yeah, you're esta- establish your residency there. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. when you, you should be. So this is where I, I don't know whether they're going to have some trouble with this or not, because he, he, I agree that he has not moved out of that house. However, they do have a valid lease of an apartment that they began renting in September. Now, I suppose maybe the charges could be related to him voting in the wrong precinct during the primary election. election. Yeah. 
Yeah. But if he voted, if it, it's not related to the general election, uh, because I, he could, I'm pretty sure he could pretty easily fight that. But um, so anyways, you know, that's just what I don't understand. He could have done it, you know, in a couple of years and, and come right back and, and, and run again. And, and, you know, it would have just, nobody would have paid any attention to it. Nobody would have so, said anything. So, uh, so once again, first of all, let me, let me congratulate you, Colombo, for your fine detective work. Um, one, one more thing. Uh-huh. Wasn't that, that Colombo? One more thing. <laughs> Man, I'm, uh, we're dating ourselves, but yes. You know that, right? Yes, yeah. the Colombo reference. We're uh, but, we're but, very young. All the kids will get that reference. It's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. But the, uh, the, the other thing uh, I, I want to point out here is that... Um, it's either laziness or hubris. Which which one do you think hubris. it is? It's hubris. It's hubris. It's mm. it's it's a thousand percent hubris. It is uh, the arrogance of David Cole is why David Cole got arrested. Okay, that's that's it. That that is, it is that simple. All right. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bill Britt on the TV show that we we filmed for this Sunday said you know this was due to you, and I was like, no, 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 it's not due to me. It's due to David Cole being arrogant. I really didn't do all that much, okay? I took a couple of car rides by the houses and looked up some tax records. It literally, to get the evidence that I had, it literally took me 20 minutes, okay? That's it. That's all the work that I did. The rest of it was David Cole and and our friend Barry Ragsdale, uh, attorney Barry Ragsdale, who pursued this. Um, you know, he's an attorney, so he was being paid um, uh, to do so, but he pursued it through the little right channels and got it all the way to the deposition stage of this and got David Cole under oath talking about, uh, go, but go ahead. I'm sorry. And it's just, oh. yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, the other thing is that, um, I mean, you rightly point out that this lays at the feet of David Cole, but as I think you've pointed out, and as the incoming or the new chair of the Madison County Democrats has pointed out in her press release, um, the Republican Party in the state of Alabama had an opportunity to address this. Oh, obligation, some might say. Right. Well, I would, yeah, I would absolutely an obligation. You know, they had the opportunity and the obligation to address this, and they did not do it, you know, mm-hmm. which, which really kind of says that, you know, in in our minds, at least in my mind, it makes me think that they really just don't give a flip about ensuring that the people of, I think it's District 10. District 10, uh, yes. District 10 in Madison County, that they have a fair representation. And I'm not even arguing at this point for, you know, it should be a Democrat, you know. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would like for it to be a Democrat. But I'm just saying... Fair representation, period, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, somebody who's in that district legally and who has, uh, you know, a legitimate claim to to that seat and a legitimate connection to that community. That's who should be representing those folks. Sure. And let me just say, too, to to expand on what you're saying here. okay, Mm -hmm. and to show people how. the, the, the flippant way in which they took it or the complete disregard for the uh, laws that they take. Because in our state, people need to understand in our state, we 
give great deference to the political parties in setting up their primaries and and in uh, certifying their candidates and ensuring that they're living in the districts where they're supposed to live. We get I, I, ask the current secretary of state, ask the former one, they'll tell you the same thing, that we give great deference and the law here gives great deference to those parties to do the right thing. Anson Knowles filed this contest uh, of with David Cole because they, they, uh, David Coles or somebody associated with them had filed a contest against Knowles being on the ballots because of his past history with the Libertarian Party, and so Knowles encountered with this stuff about his residency and how he didn't live here. They kicked Knowles off the ballot. Yeah, that's yeah. who they kicked off, and the reason they did that is because David Cole. The local doctor here, and he's a veteran in a in a in a district that was going to be a heavy military vote, and so they felt like he was going to have a better shot against Marilyn Lands, who was going to be a very very strong uh, uh, Democratic candidate in a district that has become very purple. And Mike Ball was going, you know, he, she worked for Mike Ball. He was going to back her, and and so they needed a good strong candidate in that district, and so they turned a blind eye quite purposefully to the fact that David Cole didn't live in the damn district. And I would be willing to bet you, given that David Cole is a novice in all this, Mm -hmm. that this was not his idea. All right. I wish Mm. David Cole would come out and say who it was that encouraged him to do this Mm, because I'm betting you that he didn't come up with this on his own. All right. So who are you betting did it? I don't know. I really don't. Somebody in the Republican party. I th- yeah, I think somebody, whoever re- whoever was responsible for recruiting candidates in this area hmm. uh, decided to do this and decided to encourage him to do it. And when they realized, I think they had been setting Cole up for a while to run for the District 10 seat. And then when the line shifted and it shifted, I mean, it, it, it I, I'll say it's it's unfortunate for him the way that line shifted. OK, I hmm. mean, it didn't shift by a whole lot, maybe a mile. And it just happened to be the mile that took his house out of that district. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, so, you know, I understand there was some, probably some frustration there where they, they had been planning to do this and um, and and it just blew it up. But, you know, you got to move. Mm-hmm. You got to move. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's all there is to it. You got to go. You got to you got to pack it up, move somewhere else. E- inconvenience or not, if you want to, or you don't run for office. How about that? You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, he could have waited. He could have waited. And, you know, I mean, I don't know what the urgency was, you know, um, you know, for him to run this time. But um, but you got to do it right. And that's the bottom line. You know, that's the you know, you got to respect the got to respect the laws. You got to respect the people, the people Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be representing. You got to respect them. And to me, that was a huge uh, well, I'm just going to say, I mean, it's going to sound crass, but I'm going to say it was a huge middle finger to the people that he was supposed to be representing. It was. Know? It is. It is that. Yeah. It is that. It is. And, and, you know, what, you know, I said earlier that it was his arrogance. And, and here's how you know it was his arrogance. Mm-hmm. He still lives in that house. <laughs> Through all of this. Let me let me just go go through quickly here a rundown of what Cole did. So in October, I reported on this and wrote and wrote the story. All right, then some other media outlets picked it up as well, and they also wrote about it. Um, 
Then he was elected, and we we had some more stories, and John Merrill issued a statement saying that he couldn't do anything about David Cole. This was up to the legislature. An election challenge had to be filed. He couldn't do anything about it. So he was certified. All right. Then the election challenge was filed, and they began a lengthy and well-covered court process uh, that went to the Supreme Court three different times, uh, was covered uh, all through this. Uh, AO.com, Kyle Whitmire, and a lot of folks also wrote stories about this stuff. And then he went through dep- a deposition that was just absurd, an absurd def- deposition uh, of, of answers in which this man continued to stick to this story that he had rented space at this house from his family friend legitimately, even though he did not know how many bedrooms or bathrooms were in the house, <laughs> that he the agreement was for zero bedrooms and zero bathrooms because he didn't do there. He never moved one stick of furniture or and spent zero nights in the home. Uh, and he was going to stay with this ridiculous story. And in the meantime, through all of this and all of this attention about him, and the legislature, this is another part. Well, I'll, I'll leave this for, for a second little thing. But through all of this, this man stayed in that District 4 house. He never moved. Mm-hmm. They still live there today. You can ride by his house and watch him walk his dog this evening. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, assuming he bailed out. But what, whatever happened to the apartment? Uh, the apartment's still there. They didn't move into the apartment. It was just a, this was, as I wrote in the column, I'm, listen. I used to be a sports writer in which I, at times, would track down these kids that were living out of district and playing for the wrong teams, right? This is a classic example of that. Uh, I I had a kid one time that was a really great quarterback. He was playing at Prattville, and he's supposed to be in Montgomery, at a school in Montgomery. And his parents lived in a five. His mother was like an attorney, and his father was like the chief uh, uh, like an assistant chief at the fire department or something. Uh-huh. They were living in like a $500,000 house in a really ritzy neighborhood in Montgomery. They claim he was claiming as his residence, this kid was to play at Prattville, a single wide trailer in a field somewhere that wasn't connected to electricity. Wow. And the coach was trying to tell me, oh, no, I went by and checked it out. He's got a bedroom in there and everything. I said, did you use a flashlight to see it? What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, and so, what, uh, you know, I, I know this this trick, this game here, of, you know, just get a residence. And listen, it could be argued, mm-hmm. it could be argued by people that that is a legitimate way around the laws, okay? It's not, it's certainly not the intent of the law, but it is a legitimate way around the law to say, I spend, this is an apartment that I have, I spend some time there, I live there, okay? And I have a residence in District 10, and so therefore I can represent them. You know, yeah, um, but if you don't, you know, that's oh, not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, but, if you don't sleep in a place, I just think. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's it's that's that's a, that's a dubious kind of. I mean, I get what you're saying about it yes. being the 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 letter of the law. It may meet the letter of the law, but it sure as heck doesn't meet the spirit of the law. No, absolutely and, not. It doesn't and, meet the spirit and, of and I think sure. if you're not if you're not sleeping in a place, you can't claim that you live there. <laughs> You just can't. Right. But I think where where it would get to with me, and this is a question, and I think it's a legitimate question, okay? I think it's a legit a legit question is all right, let's I own or lease property in a certain area and I spend a lot of time in that area. Mm. What level of of time in an area and, and property ownership or leasing is required before I am an appropriate representative of the people of that area? Mm. 
You know, I think that's a, I think that's a fair question. You know, I think it's a, you know, if I, let's say I live here, but I work and spend a lot of time in Florence every day, you know, and, uh, and my, my company is in Florence. I hire people in Florence. I, you know, I, I, I spend time managing those people there. I'll spend a couple of nights a week over at an apartment in Florence mm-hmm. or something because I don't want to drive back and forth. Mm-hmm. Well, should I not just because my residence is here? Should, I'm more quali- I'm not more qualified to represent the people here in Madison than I am the people in Florence, you know? Mm. And so that's, I think, a legitimate question to be raised. Not that it has anything to do with this, because he didn't live there at any point, okay? He doesn't. He doesn't live there. Well, so, well um, let me ask you this. You know, I mean, and I wouldn't you say that the logical thing to do here would be for the legislature to pass legislation that specifies um, either by, co- well, I said legislation, but by, maybe it'd have to be put in the Alabama code. Uh, but either way, whether it's in the code or legislation, what residency actually means. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, listen, I, I'm saying all this, I'm sure there's some level of definition mm. in there. Okay. And that, that we can, that we can get to that. Uh, but the, the biggest problem that we have is that a lot of this stuff is left up to uh, the parties. And the parties have a vested interest in certain candidates being able to continue in these races. Uh, and when you're you're leaving this up to these parties like this, you're asking for trouble. There needs yeah. to be an overseer uh, of these things. And we need to make that, that's what they ought to pass is that all of this stuff. You can certify them if you want to, but it's got to go to the secretary of state who's going to certify these things um, in every race. And, you know, and make sure that, that there's somebody there on staff that will check the addresses, make sure they live where they're supposed to live. And, and and if there's an election challenge or something along those lines, there's a person dedicated to answering that challenge. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the legislature. So, you know, the, we talked about the Republican Party not doing its job. You know what the Alabama legislature, the Alabama House did? Well, the- they tried to change the damn law. So he wouldn't be prosecuted mm-hmm. or so he would not mm-hmm. be kicked out of his seat. Yeah. They tried to change the law, tried to slide it into a bill about something completely different than that. Yeah. Uh, and they tried to slide that in there to say that you could not file an election challenge after a candidate has been certified, mm-hmm. which would have gotten Cole completely off the hook uh, out of this. Now, it wouldn't have saved him from voting in the wrong dist- uh, wrong precinct as he's been charged with, but it would have, it would have allowed him to keep his seat if nobody else had continued on with this, which would have probably killed the election challenge at that point, And no one would have continued on with hmm. it. Uh, but you know, that luckily we, we shined enough light on that, that, uh, uh, that, that they, they eventually pulled it out of shame. And so it didn't go anywhere, but uh, you know, that, this is the group that has been screaming about election integrity and voter fraud and uh, you know, uh, David Cole voted for these racist maps that we're trying to use. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. th- you know, think about that for, for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and think about all the things that we've done uh, in the name of election integrity or voter fraud that has really, you know, just absolutely been to, to keep people from voting. And, and, and now you've got this, Yeah, you know, and they had every opportunity to, to do meaningful things to stop election, this election fraud. Um, but they had an opportunity to stop it before it happened. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, you know, it just speaks to the hypocrisy and the fact that, uh, you know, there's sort of a uh, do as I say, not as I do mentality. 
you know, and mm-hmm. sense of entitlement. It, it's all the stuff that we talk about, honestly, week after week when it comes to uh, a lot of politicians, generally speaking, and in this state specifically, Republican politicians. It's just, it's just the reality that we live with. And uh, until people start to really, you know, and if I'm a Republican, and I'm not obviously, but if I was a Republican, you know, I would think, you know, we should be winning, but we should be winning ethically. We should be winning, but we should be winning legally. And if we can't win ethically or legally, then... Well, that's just the consequence. So we got to fight harder. We got to get more organized. We got to get more strategic. We got to find better candidates. I mean, you know, but but this whole idea of let's circumvent the law, let's skirt the law, let's dismiss the law, let's ignore the law, you know, and just do whatever we want to get get one of our people in office. That's just that's that's the beginning of the end of democracy, man. Yeah, it is. And it's um, and there, there's no justification for it. There's not. There's no there's no way to justify what you're doing. And um, and it's just a um, it's really it's it's sad to watch people excuse it away just because they've divided themselves into parties at this point, And it's almost like teams and there's nothing that the team can do to ever draw the criticisms from from the right people. And, you know, and listen, we're we're going to. uh we're going to dog him later, uh, and, and rightfully so. But I, I've, I've got to say that there are two entities in this that I never thought that I would have to congratulate for doing the right things. And one is the Alabama Supreme Court, who repeatedly, repeatedly turned David Cole and his attorney away uh, over, with some of the things that they asked the courts to do and to keep out and to block. And then the second one is Attorney General Steve Marshall, who... Uh, there was nobody clamoring for this. All mm-hmm. right. There was nobody who was asking him to go after David Cole. There, uh, the legislature had made it clear they wanted nothing to do with this. The Republican Party had made it clear they wanted nothing to do with this, uh, that nobody was going to raise hell about this anymore. Uh, but Steve Marshall went after him, uh, at least an investigator with the AG's office over there, and Steve Marshall approved it. And they went after him for, for rightfully, for voter fraud, because it is fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he voted in the wrong precinct. And, um, you know, hats off to him for doing his job, man, yeah. And, yeah. and being really, I honestly, I believe, I honestly believe that if Steve Marshall had not done this, no one would have ever held David Cole accountable for it. No one. They were never going to have a hearing over this in the House. They were never going to do it. Yeah, you're you're probably right. You're probably right. Well, yeah, I think we already know the legislature wasn't going to do anything because they'd already had their shot. You know. Well, no, they so so it was at it was there with them. It was sitting with them. So that's they they were the last one. That's what the courts had decided. The legislature had the House had to do this, Um, and and so they had sent over the final the final deposition paperwork and all that. The the whole file had been forwarded to them in between the end of the uh, regular session and the special Mm -hmm. session, and they didn't take it up in the special session, Uh, and they were trying to determine what they wanted to do or how they wanted to handle it. Um, and I don't think they were ever going to bring no, it up. No, no, they weren't. They weren't. So they could have done it yeah. before. They didn't do it. And um, they they had no interest in that. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a, that's a moratorium on David Cole. 
We hardly knew you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's slide out of here. We'll get April Hodges in. When we, April Hodges in when we come back. Uh, Alabama politics this week. We're back in a minute. Hey, uh, if y'all would do us a favor and uh, go to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here. Uh, that would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, you know, people might pay us to do this. Well, you never know. Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, yeah. and some of the more Android-friendly, uh, you know, platforms oh, as well. I forget that Dave is an Android guy. I am. <laughs> Me, I'm a conformist. And so, you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go, just do it. Just, just go and, and rate and review, and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're going to leave a bad one. Don't do, don't do that. Just don't, doesn't don't, like that. Don't leave a bad one. Thank you. Welcome back to Alabama Politics This Week. I'm David Person, along with Josh Moon. And we are privileged, in my mind, to have with us uh, one of the best political strategists in North Alabama, if not in the whole state. Uh, And she also is the, I think the correct terminology is the lead complainant. Is that correct? Should I be calling you the lead complainant? For, for our challenge, I am the lead petitioner, um, petitioner. along with six others. Okay. Uh, April Hodges, the lead petitioner uh, in, uh, in a complaint that has been filed against the Alabama Democratic Party with the DNC. April, good to have you on with us. Thank you. Thank you, uh, David and Josh, for inviting me to speak on this matter today. I appreciate it. Yeah. So. Um, you know, we've we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about the this kerfuffle, this fiasco. Say kerfuffle, kerfuffle. I did. I, that's it's a, a kind very, word. <laughs> it's a very archaic word. But this this uh, I'm trying to find a way to frame it and phrase it. You know, this just this mess. Uh-huh. With the Alabama Democratic Party and all the fighting and fighting and confusion. And uh, so I would like for you, April, from your vantage point to explain just what's going on and why you are the uh, the lead petitioner in this complaint against the uh, the state party. Um, yeah. So as you stated, it, it it's a big mess, um, but I think it's more so of just a lot of miscommunication, a lot of confusion. Um, so I, I am one of the lead petitioners along with six others. And um, on May 6th of 2023, um, the SDC, the Alabama Democratic Party, removed um, 53 people um, as voting members. They were at-large members, voted in August of 2022. And we were all, including myself, we were all removed. Uh, We were not able to vote. We were not credentialed um, on May 6th. And so um, there's a lot of of different, I guess, narratives out there Um, uh, to not get in the weeds too much. um, I would say things were not going the way people wanted them to go. Um, Leadership in our party wanted them to go and they needed 
um, votes to go a, a certain way. And so their their option was to remove voters. And I was one of them. Um, and so me, along with we have seven um, petitioners, but we also have I think it's 32 people signed on to our challenge. And so it is called the Hodges Challenge. And and so we were all removed on May 6th. There were a few people who were able to go through and, and be credentialed on that day. Um, but some were credentialed because they agreed to vote a certain way. Um, some were credentialed because they were not seen as threats. Um, I personally just just want to vote. It To me, it's simple. Um, it's simple among I know a lot of this is difficult. There's a lot of history involved. However, to me, this was pretty simple. They they took my vote and and I submitted this challenge along with 32 other people because we were remo removed from voting members. They wanted to make us committee members who had no voice and no vote. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm going to change the direction of my questions because of something you said. Uh, you said that um, that there were people who you believe agreed to vote a certain way and that's why they were uh they were not voted out uh are you are you suggesting that somebody approached you to assess your position on issues so me personally no uh we do have one witness who made a statement who has made a statement and and who will give that statement in our hearing on September 8th who was told they will be credentialed if they vote in the way of Joe Reed. Um, there were also the argument on May 6th was a $50 fee. Um, first, it initially began with qualifying paperwork. We we showed our qualifying paperwork and then it turned into a $50 fee, um, which many tried to pay that day. Now, out of the 53 who were removed, give or take three or five, got to vote on May 6th. My question is, they didn't pay either. There were There were some people who did not pay. So why did some people get to proceed and vote on May 6th and the others did not. And we do have, um, I believe, two witnesses who have made the statement of of being offered that if they if they vote their way, they they get credentialed and they didn't have to pay the fifty dollars. Hmm. OK, well, listen, I've got to tell you that I find all of this completely unbelievable because we've had Randy Kelly on this very program and he has told us that no one lost their right to vote and that the caucuses, they they had to do this to help y'all in these caucuses because y'all didn't have very many members in those caucuses and so they just put some incentives in place. It's all they did. Well, so he, he's correct. We, we are small minorities um, for Hispanic. We're 4% of the state of Alabama population. And so we get nine votes, nine votes in, in this Alabama Democratic Party. We get nine votes. I was one of those nine. And we have two on the SDC who are voted by district. And so we were able to fit, fill in seven. Now, those seven people were removed on May 6th because mm. we were at large members. and. So that that is incorrect. I did not get to vote. And I'm chair, former chair of the Hispanic Caucus of the SDEC, and I was not credentialed on May 6th. So I don't I mean, what what do you think the end of this is? I mean, there's there's I mean, I hate to jump right to the end, but I mean, I think that's where ultimately everybody kind of looks and they say, 
okay, all right, we follow the challenge. You clearly have facts on your side in this. All right. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we can, you know, we could sit and pretend like the, the, the impartial thing to say here is that, well, you know, both sides, uh, you know, don't have good arguments. They don't. They don't have good arguments. You know, all right? they, they wanted to remove certain people from being able to vote uh, and, and, uh, and to be able to influence the elections of leadership. And that's what they did. All right. And that's just that's just the bottom line at this point. So but. So what can be done to solve it? Can the DNC actually do anything to stop this? So to my knowledge and, and to what I have understood up to this point, the, the National Committee only gets involved when it affects the National Committee. Um, they don't get involved in state politics. Um, and so in our case, we have a delegate selection plan coming up. And so that's why we are positioned to be able to have this argument and and ask for relief from the DNC. So in our challenge, we have asked for the relief of going back to August 2022. A lot of people like to push the narrative as we didn't want Randy Kelly as our chair. We were part of the body that voted him in. Mm-hmm. He was our chair. And so all we're not asking to go before his election. We are just asking to go back to his election when all of the at-large members were confirmed and on, on in the August meeting. And so we would like to go back to that meeting in kind of a do-over, um, mm-hmm. but with some DNC oversight. Um, I know they they did this before, um, and so we're hoping that they'll give us one last shot and and come back in and and give us some oversight, take us back to that. And these bylaws that were passed on May sixth, they've been denied by the DNC, and so that is another part of the puzzle to where I believe that they they can and will get involved. What I guess then that that's my question though is is what does what does get involved mean? I mean, is it let's say they come in and say, all right, listen, these bylaws are no good. You've got to go back to what exactly what you're asking for. Uh, you've got to reinstate these uh, these caucuses and these folks in in the caucuses and give them the voting power that they deserve, uh, as we had laid out previously in in the bylaws that you've replaced. And let's say Randy Kelly and the leadership, but uh, Joe Reed and whoever else say no. We're not going to do that. We're going to keep the bylaws that we voted in and we're not we're not moving. What what can the DNC do? Um, well, that that is a scenario. Um, they could do that, but the DNC could remove their credential as a Democratic Party. Hmm. What, they could what, I, they could what does say that mean? That, so for one, like I was speaking on the delegate selection plan, they could say, Okay, you are not going to be able to send anyone to um the meeting in October. And that is kind of what happened in 2019. Um, now, again, if they say, well, we don't care, we we don't want representation, which I hope that's not the case. Um, but if they do choose that route, then um, to, to my understanding, the what they could do is dismantle our Democratic Party and create a new one. Which is not what I'm asking, and we're not asking for that in our relief either. So when you say but they, they do have that potential. So when you say dismantle the Democratic Party, what what is that? How, what what's the what are the mechanics there that go into play there? They would have to create a new entity. Okay, so which they would, would be. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Which would be um, represented as the new Democratic Party, and they would be the ones. I'm sorry, just kind of following the rules of the DNC because it's like any business you have boss you know middle and the bottom and our boss is the dnc is a national committee and then you have your state and then your you know county exec committees 
So basically, if I'm understanding you correctly, they could they could not literally dismantle the current structure, but they could set up an alternate structure and say, we no longer recognize this as the Democratic Party in Alabama. We now recognize this entity as the Democratic Party in Alabama. They most def- definitely can do that. Yeah, I, and listen. I, I want to. I want to be clear. I, we're not. We're not. Que- I'm at least. I'm not. I'm not questioning what you're doing or the validity of it or anything else. I, I genuinely don't know. I, I genuinely don't know mm. what what the 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 national party has the authority to do to the state party because I've heard Joe Reed on our on our show, as a matter of fact, say you know that the you know, the national party they don't get involved with the states and and you know all the states have different rules and some of them have you know a, a two page bylaw sheet and and nobody says anything about any of it and uh, and so they they're not going to do anything uh, to us and they don't have the authority to do anything to us because we got a federal uh, court order that protects us as this party and uh, and so I assume all of that would go come into play in some way, wouldn't it? Yes. And a lot of what he's saying is true. Again, like I said earlier, they don't get involved in in the politics of our party. Um, But when it comes to the core structure, as in we're not following those core guidelines like these bylaws that were denied already previously, then they can get involved and they can um, make decisions that that could affect our party. And I think that's one piece that a lot of people are missing on how important this is to compromise or not even compromise, but just work together and, and, you know, find common ground. Even if we don't all agree, we can still work together so that we don't need to be sitting in a position to where they could, you know, strip us of our credentials and, and not, and potentially not allow us to, to go to that, have a delegate selection plan this year. Hmm. So you mentioned that in 2019, um, that they they didn't, they didn't send anybody, any delegates. Is that right? They, so they, we didn't send any no, delegates that was, in 2019? We did. That was the threat um, when everything happened in 2019. And I had just got involved, so I don't know all of the the facts. Um, However, that is how it jump started, kind of what happened in 2019 to where Chris England became chair was because that was the case. They said, um, you know, if you don't do these three things, one was the bylaws and uh, something I cannot remember the other two things, then we are going to not allow you. to go to this this event and so you need to do this and so they organized a meeting and some people boycotted that meeting but there was enough enough people to have a quorum and and chris england became chair that day right right yeah i recall yeah. I, I recall that and the and the threat i just didn't know um i i didn't know if they were uh, when, when we say when we say you, you can't have delegates what 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 repercussions does that entail? I mean, is it just is it just simply not going to the uh, to the conference? Yeah, but I think it's just more than that. It's it's representation. You know, sure. um, as you know, we we are on the bottom end when it comes to politics in our state. You know, super majority with the Republicans. Um, however, you know, we we take the small wins, and I think that right. those are important. And so to not be able to not have the ability to represent our state during a presidential election, I think is, is just so sad. Um, all because we were, people are arguing and egos will not get out of the way to allow the people to do the work. So April, let me ask you this before you run out of time, because I know you've got a hard stop here coming up pretty soon. Uh, there, it is sometimes intimated by, uh, either Dr. Reed or Reverend Dr. Kelly 
that uh, that Doug Jones is is still very much behind the scenes fighting against them uh, as it relates to the direction of the Alabama Democratic Party. Um, is Doug Jones involved in this in this lawsuit or in this action in any way or not lawsuit, but in this challenge in any way? And I think that's the narrative that that really needs we really need to work on, um, because that's what so many people are focusing on is that vendetta, the the battle between um, Joe and Doug. And and to answer that question, Doug has offered resources to anyone. He's not leading any charge. Um, I personally, I worked for Doug. Um, I have a personal relationship with him. And so um, he has, you know, helped along the way if we've needed any any advice or, or help. But he he's not here trying to get back at, at Joe Reed or take anything away. And that's the narrative that was sold where he wanted to dilute black votes, which is just not true. I personally would not be part of that. And um, in fact, we got more African-American votes in 2022 um, on our SDEC. So it's just not true. Um, we really need to get past that narrative. Um, Doug is not the enemy. Um, he is a, a Democrat who won a U.S. Senate seat in Alabama, and he has not left the state. He is helping not just in, in the SDEC, but he's, you know, he's going around the state. He's helping county parties. He's doing his part. But it's um, for me, again, I know him personally, it's it's not to to go against Joe Reed or to one up Joe Reed. It's just simply to get Democrats out to vote and, and to re-energize and, and activate our, our voters because we have so much at stake in 2023. So what do you expect? Um, I think you're, you're going to be in DC next month, right? Is that correct? Yes. Our hearing is set for September 8th. What are you, are you, what's your expectation in terms of, the outcome and how long it's going to take for this to be resolved. So our hearing is going to take eight hours um, of, of back and forth between, we have three challenges. And so mine is only one of three. And um, so the, we have a person who will preside over that hearing. And then that person will take all of the information and her suggestion to the um, RBC, the rules and bylaws committee. And then they will make a decision. We have not been given a date, um, but because the delegate selection plan is due and was not voted on the the body of the SDC, um, I'm hoping and we're all um, hoping that it will be done quickly. But we have not been given a date as to when we will have an answer as to what what happens with our challenge. Hey, hey we'll get you out of here on this. I know you got to go, uh, but do you think that there's any chance that that this party can at some point come together and, and work together uh, to, you know, to win, win elections and produce good candidates and, uh, you know, fundraise and, and do all that, you know, and kind of put some, a lot of this behind everybody. I, I think, I think we can. Um, I am an optimist, <laughs> um, but you know, I've, I've been working in this space for seven years now and I've seen just, um, such such hate um but on the other side i've seen such love and such community and so for me i'm a bottom-up kind of person so i think that it begins in our in our local areas in our county parties there are a lot of county parties that 
through all of this mess, they have continued to do the work. And I think that's where we we focus and we consistently um, stay there. Again, I understand we have to fundraise and at a state level. Um, and so I think the work can be done. Um, I hope that that people can, again, put their egos aside and really focus on the end goal. And that's to get Democrats elected and to, to get some of these policy, policies that are affecting our daily lives out of the legislature. And so I, I do believe that we can. I think it's going to take a, a lot of good leadership. It's not going to be one, a one man show. And so our leaders really need to come together, including those small towns. Um, you know, leaders from all over need to really come together and put the egos aside. We can all agree to disagree, but what is the end goal here and make sure we're all focused towards that. So I do believe we can, I think there's a lot of work to be had. Um, but I, I, I trust the process. And I think that after this, regardless of the outcome for me, I know regardless of the outcome, I'm going to keep working. And um, I've made sure that everyone in our challenge, we are going to keep our heads up high and, and stay focused on what that end goal is. Well, uh, you know, for, for from us, we, we certainly hope so, because, God, we desperately need <laughs> we desperately need a, a functional Democratic Party uh, to offset some of the, the nonsense that we see every day in this state. And so uh, I, I wish y'all well. Uh, certainly, we hope hopefully y'all get a get a good outcome and can uh, have your voices heard again within the party and, and get the representation that you deserve. Uh, but thank you for coming on, April. That's April yeah, Hodges. April, thank you for coming on and spending some time. And uh, and and thanks for, you know, thanks for fighting. Yep. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Take care, April. That was April Hodges. We're going to slide out of here. We'll come back in just a minute to uh, wrap this baby up. It's Alabama Politics This Week. Back in a minute. If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. Uh, hey, if you listen, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, apwproducer at gmail.com. It's apwproducer at gmail.com. You can uh, send us an email and we'll, you know, we'll respond or we'll answer it on the air or whatever. Uh, on mm-hmm. the air. I'm on radio. Uh, uh-huh. It's just uh, giving you the morning drive. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, no, it's uh, tra- how's traffic out there? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, weather and yeah, traffic right. on the eights. Right. Yes, right. Yeah. Weather and traffic on the eights. Um, yeah. But uh, we got we're we're gonna try to hustle through here because we got a, a few things to cover, and uh, we're trying to make these shorter. We're trying to make this. Uh, we're trying to make this short. We've heard I have at least heard from some people that that they would like for the the thing to be a little shorter, like okay. for it to be a little, little tighter. I I always said. Just stop listening. You're the one choosing it. Stop listening to it. It's Christ wants it to be shorter. Just stop listening. Just pretend we stopped talking. I mean, damn. But we're here to please. Okay. Less is more. Yeah, um, less is so, more. All right. All right. So there's two things and then the right wing nut that we want to get to. All right. The one thing, uh, you want to do libraries? You want to do Steve Marshall first? Which one? Um, let's do libraries first. Okay. Libraries, uh, and I can cover this pretty quickly because these people who want to ban these books, I have noticed a common trait among all of them. 
They are morons. <laughs> morons. I mean, listen to them talk. And it is apparent that not only have they not read most of these books uh, in the library, they believe, uh, and I believe, that books may very well be their kryptonite. Mm. Uh, I mean, it is astonishing to listen to these people talk in a manner and they're so sure of themselves and they are stark raving lunatics and that have no idea what's in most of these books or what they're even talking about. Somebody, the mayor of Ozark told our reporter at APR the other day that when, when Jacob Holmes asked him, well, have, have you read these books? Do you know what's in them? Because Jacob has read it, made a point to go and read all these books and write a story about it. Mm-hmm. And he said, have you read these books? Do you know what's in them? Well, I hadn't read them, but I know the gist. <laughs> that is pretty much the gist of these people, okay, mm-hmm. is they don't know anything about what they're talking about. And they have no concept of the children that their kids go to school with every day or what the lives are like. And to, to listen to them. Talk about these things that, that or oh, the LGBTQ. They don't even know what the hell they're talking about. You know what? With it, and there's sexually explicit scenes. These kids were talking about teenagers. These are in the young adult sections of the library. Mm. What do y'all think they're doing? What do you think is happening? They think they're being conditioned and recruited to be gay. <sighs> it's so dumb. It is so unbearably yeah. dumb. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just, it's so it's so amazing to me that people who themselves purport not to be on the LGBTQ spectrum, you know, and who who and who would adamantly declare that they would never even consider being with a person of the same sex or a transgender person or being transgender themselves or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's amazing to me that they suddenly think that everybody else is so feeble and so fragile and so susceptible to the virus, the LGBTQ virus, you know, they're going to get infected and it's just going to change them. That's not how it works. That's just so dumb. Yeah. I I mean, it's, I, yeah, I, I, all the time I had, I had a friend of mine not long ago say something just incredibly offensive about gay people and, and not wanting his kids around these gay people because of, you know, they're, I just don't want my kids exposed to that. And I said, why? What, what difference does it make? This person is a this person that you're talking about keeping out of your kid's life is a successful person that is that has accomplished great things in his life and loves your kids. What, why would you want, not want that in their lives? Well, I just, you know, I just don't want them to be around that. I, you know, I don't want them to be, you know, to pick up any of those tendencies. And I said, oh, oh, so is that how you became straight? Yeah, exactly. You picked up some straight tendencies some and, straight and then you tendencies. just, I said, so, so, but, but wait, I said, could you be gay? Are you, do you want, do you want to go out with me? Is that what you're saying? And <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, so you, you, are you saying that if you just made up your mind that you could be gay? Is that what you're saying? He's like, no, I'm not saying that. I couldn't be gay. I, 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 I said, yeah. I said, that's how it works, man. Right. I said, you know, I said, what are you talking about? It's just so dumb. So dumb about it. That's I know. So it's so stupid. It. It's like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. God. Yeah. So, it, like, like if a 
Like if a man came up to me and gave me a hug, I'd want all of a sudden I'd want to get hugs from men all the time or kiss right. me on the lips. All of a sudden I'd want to be, I want to feel the crinkle. I want to feel the, the mustache <laughs> hairs on my lips now. I just can't stop myself. I mean, it's, it's just so, so dumb. It's just Oh, dumb. God. It is, man. And and these people doing this and it, and and going to these libraries and, 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 you know, and raising hell about these things, it's so spectacularly stupid and their their arguments are always so thin and they're always so superficial and so crazy sounding god they're so crazy sounding and i just wonder have y'all not watched the movies or anything about the people who burn the books they're never the heroes of the movies what are you talking about you don't know how you're going to be viewed in history you're going to be the crazy people shouting. Have you ever watched a civil rights movie? You're going to be the crazy, angry white people on the side shouting and holding the signs that we ridicule. That's who you are. Stop doing this. This is dumb. Oh, well. Yeah. You know. yeah. If they stopped doing dumb stuff, we wouldn't have a show. Um, yeah. uh, speaking of. So, yeah, right. Speaking of, but as it is, we have no concerns. Um because we're never going to run out of material. The no. uh, the uh, speaking of dumb, our attorney general, who I praised just a few minutes ago, um, mm-hmm. they filed. Let me let me pull this uh, story up here because this is. Uh, I'll just I'll just read this. I'll just uh, Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall said the state can prosecute people who help women travel out of state for abortions in response to a lawsuit filed by a pro-abortion rights group and owners of a women's clinic. Uh, Marshall filed a motion Monday in federal court to dismiss the lawsuit. Uh, The lawsuit alleged Marshall violated the right to free speech when he said that individuals could be charged with conspiracy for helping women get abortions in other states. A doctor and a clinic owner said the comments made it difficult to advise or treat pregnant women, even those with complications. Um, I'm trying to say here. Uh, this is a, this is what Marshall had said uh, that that brought the lawsuit. If someone was promoting themselves as a uh, promoting themselves out as a funder of abortions out of state, then that is potentially criminally actionable for us. Marshall said, "One of the things we will do in working with local prosecutors is making sure that we fully implement this law. There's nothing about the our, he's talking about our abortion restriction law no. that we passed. There's nothing about that law that restricts any individual from driving across state lines and seeking an abortion in another." place. However, I would say that if an individual held themselves out as an entity or a group that is using funds that they are able to raise to facilitate those visits, then that's something we're going to look at closely. In his motion to dismiss that he filed this this week, Marshall further argued that the state can pursue charges because it has outlawed abortion. This is what they wrote in that filing. Though abortion may be legal elsewhere, it is plainly illegal pursuant to Alabama code. Plaintiffs to conspire uh, to, to conspire with others to procure abortions that would be illegal in Alabama. The criminal conduct is the agreement, the conspiracy itself, which is conduct that occurs in Alabama that Alabama has every right to prosecute. Thus, the legality of abortion in another state is irrelevant to whether Alabama can prosecute a conspiracy formed in Alabama. So you know why that's a bunch of foolishness? Mm-hmm. Because, because they're not going to prosecute and and nobody would ever argue that if you drove from a dry county 
into a wet county with the objective to buy beer or liquor, mm-hmm. that that was prosecutable. Right. Nobody would ever argue that. Or, 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 or we. If you, or if you said, if you said to me, here's $10. Will you drive, when you go through uh, uh, on your vacation, will you pick me up some lottery tickets in Georgia on your way back? Same, exactly right. Exactly. Same that thing. is a, That's the conspiracy that we're Same talking thing. about. Same thing. Same yeah. thing. Nobody, yes. that just, it doesn't hold up to common sense. It just doesn't hold up to common sense. If I, if I, you know, what about, what about the people who uh, live in Alabama, but who rent buses to go to, you know, Tennessee or, or to Mississippi, to the Gulf coast. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say to the, to the casinos, Josh, mm-hmm. you know, if by that logic, you'd have to prosecute those people. You'd have to prosecute the companies that are facilitating gambling that is not legal in Alabama, you'd have, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to, uh, you'd have to prosecute them. Yes. So the logic doesn't hold up. That's just craziness. That's just crazy talk. Yes. Yes, it is. And, and it, it, and, and, you know, we're focused, we're focused on, on beer, on, you know, liquor and um, uh, gambling and stuff, but there are literally dozens of examples of this thing, of things that are legal or illegal uh, from state to state that you can conspire with someone uh, to do yeah. or, or to take part in. Yeah. And and it is perfectly legal to do that. And and nobody is, this is such a, this is grandstanding, all right? This is Steve Marshall trying to play off of the Tommy Tuberville grandstand uh, kind of thing here, okay? Uh, which I've got to tell you, seems to be backfiring spectacularly on Republicans all across the country. Uh, you know, they have insulated themselves in this conservative bubble uh, to the point where I think they actually believe that the these abortion restrictions, these draconian ones especially, are popular. And they are decidedly not. And they are costing them in election after election after election. It's hard for me to understand why they believe that, though, because the polling is all pretty clear that they're not popular. So why would they believe that? Maybe they just maybe they're just content with the fact that it's popular uh, to some degree here relative to the rest of the country. And so they figure, well, we'll just ride this horse as long as we can because, you know, it works here. But, you know, I think I think even I think there's even a ticking clock on how long it's going to work here, because, yeah, you know, you've got, you know, and and I, you know, I listen to, um, you know, I follow a little bit what goes on in the evangelical community, Mm -hmm. um, even though I don't identify as an evangelical. And the truth of the matter is young evangelicals, young church going people. Uh, generally tend to have more liberal views, progressive views than the previous generation. Uh, mm-hmm. And and while they may not be overwhelmingly uh, excited about the idea of abortion being, uh, you know, being legal and accessible, they do believe that on some level it should be. You know, that's mm-hmm. what the polling shows. That's where the attitudes are. So I think they're miscalculating in the long run about about where things are heading. If if they're making their decisions based on, you know, the the previous generation, I think that's a mistake. 
Yeah, I I, I do too. Um, I, I mean, I I just I I don't even think. I honestly don't think that it's a winner even now in the state of Alabama. I think that if you took a vote strictly on our our law, that the overwhelming majority of Alabamians would say that um, we are, would vote that this law down. Uh, I think they would replace it with a law that put restrictions uh, at on late term abortions. You know, and I think that's something that that they would vote in favor of. I think that's the only abortion restrictions that are popular uh, with a majority of Alabamians. Um, I think everything else. I think you're you're looking for the law that we currently have. I've seen polling as high as nearly seventy percent of the state dislikes our law, uh, where there you know no restrictions even for for rape uh, and incest. You know that that is a bridge too far for almost every, uh, I mean, for, for uh, the majority of, you know, three quarters of the state almost, I would say. Uh, but, um, and so, you know, to keep chasing this, I, I just, I mean, honestly, I think it's just that they've, they've surrounded themselves with the, you know, with like-minded thinkers and they don't realize how bad it is. The bubble. Um, yeah, the bubble. And, and listen, they've gerrymandered to the point where, uh, you know, they've got to keep that rabid base happy. And the rabid base is, it makes up a pretty good chunk of that quarter of people that that are all in on, uh, you know, the the rape or, you know, the abortion restrictions that, that exclude, that don't exclude rape and incest. And so, you know, I, I just think that it's, uh, it's a loser. And, and, you know, listen, I hope Steve Marshall keeps it up because I think every step that he takes with this is... Uh, is detrimental to the Republican Party in this state and in the country. Um, and I think that it's going to backfire spectacularly on them. And I don't think there's any way. Uh, we'll see. I don't think there's any way a federal judge is going to uphold this. Uh, I mean, I just think it is complete, complete and utter nonsense to say that you could charge yeah, a conspiracy yeah, to, to, to aid somebody to travel for legal for legal medical services in, a, in another state. I mean, what are, you, what are we talking about here? I mean, yeah, of course it is. All right. Speaking of nonsense, before we wrap her up here, let's get to our right wing nut of the week, which I mean, really, he's been a right wing nut for life. And that is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. uh, who let me say, let me just say, I don't know that I have ever seen a more uncomfortable white man than that dude at that vigil in Jacksonville. I mean, and rightfully so. Uh, he looked like he had ants crawling on him. Uh, and, uh, and I was some of the looks that he received from people and the boos and jeers, uh, they were so well-deserved and, Very well deserved. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah you you wrote a great column about him. You wrote a great column about him. Nailed him, nailed Thanks. him exactly right. Thanks, man. You know, it's, it's, you can't, and, and I don't know if they just think people are stupid. That's what I think it is. They just think people are stupid. Uh, you know, because how in the world can you get up in front of a, a crowd of black people and say, we're not going to allow people to be targeted by race in the state of Florida when all you've been doing for the past six to eight months is targeting people based on race in Florida? I yep. mean, what kind of crazy... That was just so stupid and so dumb. It was just such a brazen lie. You know, that's our boy. Yeah, that's our boy. Yeah, he's yeah. he's known for the brazen lie. He's yeah. known for the brazen lie. Uh, and his I mean, he, 
He is a weird dude, man. That is one weird guy. I mean, his, you know, during that debate the other day, his facial expressions were so weird. And it just, I mean, the way he comes off is so, you know, inhuman. You know, it's just like he doesn't know how to have accurate emotions, you know, that other people have. Uh, it's just so strange and, and his, but you're right. The callousness in which he's gone about this job as governor, especially when it relates to, to people of color, uh, you know, not, it's not, it's not just black people. He's also gone after Hispanic people, No, you're uh, right. you know, you're right. uh, and that uh, pushed another law there that that's chased away, you know, immigrant workers out of the state. And, um, it just, he, he's such a, he's such a fraud, you know, and, and he's such a clown. And I just, you know, that whole, that whole thing, uh, you know, that whole debate, the whole primary, does it not seem like to you that the Republicans are just looking for the biggest asshole? <laughs> I mean, it really well, does, they, doesn't they've it? They've already doesn't? got the biggest one, though. Yeah, I know, right? They got him, and it's just a great big orange asshole that they can't get rid of, you know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But I think I think they're in a I think they're in a real dilemma. They feel like a they feel like Trump, the Trump type is what is the salvation of their party. You know, yeah. they just they want Trump without the baggage. I think is what they want. And uh, you know, they thought DeSantis was it, but I don't think DeSantis is it. Uh, I, I don't, I, know well, I don't think so either. You know, yeah. and then, then they've got because if you what what the reason I said that is. You know, if you look at what what came out of that and the things that people were so enamored with and were so impressed by, like the uh, the uh, Ravek, is that his name? Ravek? Yeah, I don't know how to say his name. I don't. I don't either. So I'm not going to butcher it. And, and I'm not making. Uh, let me be clear. I am in no way making fun of the man's name. Okay? Yeah, I just yeah, don't I just, know how to say it, and I don't want to say it. Yeah, I haven't wrong. heard it enough to really um, grasp it. But I mean, even his, I mean, the things that they talked about, he said, or that someone, Mike Pence said, or that somebody else, oh, Chris Christie said on the stage, it was always the thing that they said that would make them to, out to be the biggest asshole to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the biggest insult or put down or, uh, you know, or whatever. And, and it just, it, it's like, you know, why are y'all, why are y'all like this? <laughs> you know, I mean, what, you know, who, who hurt y'all, man? Why won't y'all look for policy and, and for things that might make your life better as a voter? You know, what, why are you not forcing these people to tell you, you know, what they're going to do to improve your life or make sure that, you know, you're going to be able to hold on to your job or that they're not going to tax you more than they're going to tax this, uh, the CEO. And, you know, it just, what are y'all doing? And and it just seems like that's what they're doing is, hey, this is the contest to see who's the biggest asshole up here. And that's who we're going to elect. <laughs> Whoever can insult people the best, mm-hmm. like a school guard bully. Yeah. Well, that definitely appeals to a, 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 a significant percentage. I'm not going to say the majority of Republicans, but certainly it appeals to a significant percentage of them. Yeah, that's yeah, very that's clear. Right. Yeah. All right. I think we've given these people enough. And listen, this is what this is all they said they wanted. Uh, so all right. uh, we're 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 gonna get out of here. All right. And uh, <laughs> man, we're, we're cutting it off. We're cutting y'all off. That's it. <laughs> Till next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace. <laughs>